Stephen Colbert opens up to Anderson Cooper about how God helped him through his grief when he was younger. We'll tell you what he said. Plus, the Fellowship Foundation has responded to Netflix's docuseries, The Family, about its influence in Washington, D.C. It's crazy. And Lauren Daigle went old school worship leader at one of her concerts. It's all ahead. This is Relevant Daily. It's Relevant Daily. It's Relevant Daily. Relevant Daily. Hey everyone, I'm Cameron Strang. Welcome to Relevant Daily, where we bring you what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. Those stories are coming up, but first I want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all possible with Squarespace. They have award-winning templates, customizable settings, and of course, powerful e-commerce tools. And right now, Squarespace is offering Relevant Daily listeners a special deal. Head over to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your site, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. All right. To tell us about today's stories, it's our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, Tyler. Hey, Cameron. So first up, Stephen Colbert, man, bringing the theology. Uh, He got really candid with Anderson Cooper. Tell us about it. Yeah, it was a really deeply moving conversation. I think you get so used to seeing these guys being, you know, so polished and kind of flattering each other that seeing something like this is is pretty astonishing. So it was an interview with Colbert for CNN that Anderson Cooper hosted. Colbert opened up about the tragedy that shaped his young life. He was, as he's talked about before, 11 years old when his father and brothers died in a plane crash. Now, in previous conversations about how he dealt with this, Colbert has talked about a quote from J.R.R. Tolkien that helped shaped him. Uh, that quote is, what punishments of God are not gifts? Now, Cooper is reeling from the recent loss of his own mother, Gloria Vanderbilt, and he, he asked Colbert what he meant by that, and we're going to play the entirety of Colbert's answer here because it's a, it's a really powerful response. It's about a minute and a half long. Don't fast forward. You told an interviewer uh, that you have learned to, in your words, love the thing that I most wish had not happened. Um... I remember you went on. You went on to say, uh, "What what punishments of God are not gifts?" Do you really believe that? Yes. It's a gift to exist. It's a gift to exist, and with existence comes suffering. There's no escaping that. And I guess I'm either a Catholic or a Buddhist when I say those <laughs> things because I've heard those from from both traditions. But I didn't learn it that I was grateful for the thing I most wish hadn't happened, is that I realized it. Mm-hmm. Is that, and it's, a, it's an odd, oddly guilty feeling. You it, don't, it doesn't mean you. I don't, are want, happy I don't want it to have happened. I want it to not have happened. Right. But if you are grateful for your life, which I think is a positive thing to do. <laughs> um, yeah. Not everybody is, right. and not, I'm not always, mm-hmm. um, but it's the most positive thing to do. Then you have to be grateful for all of it. You, it's, you can't pick mm-hmm. and choose what you're grateful for. And then, so what do you get from loss? You get awareness of other people's loss. Well, that's true. Empathy. Which allows you to connect with that other person, right. which allows you to love more deeply and to understand what it's like to be a human being, if it's true that all humans suffer. And now that's just a short clip of the conversation. 
Right. It's a very long conversation. The entirety of it is worth your time. It's posted over at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, Colbert goes on to say, quote, that's the great gift of the sacrifice of Christ is that God does it too, that you're really not alone. Uh, Colbert also discusses other parts of his theology in the conversation, such as why he believes President Trump is a, quote, heretic to reality and his undying love for all things Lord of the Rings. So uh, a wide ranging conversation, but but really, really beautiful and powerful as well. I would, I would Make sure you have a box of tissues handy as you're listening to it. It, make, it makes you wish that Stephen Colbert had another platform to dive further into faith and worldview things than just a late night talk show, you know? Absolutely. I, I like his show a lot, but he obviously has, a, I don't think it even scrapes the the surface, the full potential of the, his insights and, and wisdom about things. Uh, it's just not the format for it. So I hope that in the future, he continues to get more opportunities to talk more like this to America because we could use more people like him. Absolutely. Well, turning to conspiratorial church news, which is our beat, <laughs> uh, the Fellowship Foundation has responded to the now infamous Netflix documentary, The Family. No, I shouldn't say documentary. Docu-series, The Family, mm-hmm. or docu-drama, as they said in their quote. T- <laughs> tell us about their, uh, their response. So for those who aren't yet, haven't caught up with it, the family looks at the roots and the influence of the group that hosts the National Prayer Breakfast, This is, which is the fellowship, also sometimes called the family. Uh, and the National Prayer Breakfast, of course, is an annual gathering that every president has attended for decades, along with many other national and world leaders. Now, this gathering grew national attention in recent years when a woman named Maria Butina attended the National Prayer Breakfast to, quote, establish a back channel of communication, according to investigators investigators between her between uh, them and Russia uh, and she has pled guilty to conspiring to act as a foreign agent uh, this docuseries also cast aspersions on the family's influence over domestic and foreign politics so how does uh, the fellowship defend themselves in in their statement? Well, so here's the statement, which I'll read in full. Uh, Though the Netflix docudrama, their words, docudrama (laughs) series mischaracterizes the work of the fellowship and attempts to portray people of faith in a bad light, we are encouraged by how often viewers are introduced to and challenged by the person and principles of Jesus, which are at the core of our mission and message. Perhaps they will also better understand the integrity and transformational impact of this informal network to encourage everyone in a spirit of friendship and reconciliation to love God with all their heart, soul, and mind and to love their neighbor as themselves. So that's the statement. So they didn't address any of the uh, theories or accusations raised in, in the documentary. Well, really not at all. Uh, and it's worth noting here that uh, the series interviews a lot of people, many of whom are very uh, sympathetic to the fellowship and are members of it. Uh, really, the docuseries levels two accusations. First, that the family attempts to quietly wield its leverage among politicians for policies favorable to Christians in America and abroad. Second, that the family's lack of formal structure has left them open to foreign and even sinister influences like Maria Butina. Now, The first accusation is kind of a matter of dispute, but there's no question that Russia was able to leverage influence through the National Prayer Breakfast to achieve its own ends. So it's definitely an interesting series with lots to wrestle through. It's um, one of those series where you definitely want to be a little more of a filter than a sponge while watching it, but uh, worth your time if you want to be aware of how Christians are at least being perceived in American politics. Uh, And it's the sort of content that you would uh, engage uh, chewing the meat and 
spitting out the bones, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, exactly. And finally, Lauren Daigle went full-on worship pastor. It's like vintage Daigle. Tell us what she did. Yeah, she she's back. Uh, a recent concert in Vancouver. Lauren Daigle decided to switch up her set list on the fly. She uh, told fans, okay, we're going to change things a little bit. Are y'all all right with that? And then she led the crowd in uh, an, an oldie buddy goodie. Uh, Phil Driscoll's I Exalt Thee, the 1983 hit worship song. Uh, here's a clip of that that she posted to Instagram. I exalt thee. takes you back yeah i mean literally <laughs> i'm aging myself but that's the soundtrack of my childhood right there <laughs> it's uh it's kept on i mean it's cool that she can still do this she's been having quite a year uh her single as we talked about here you say has become a huge hit it concurrently tops both the airplay streaming and sales based hot christian songs for the 54th week that reign is second only to the 61 week domination of hillsong united's oceans in 2013 and 15 and it shows no signs of slowing down so we may have a new champion here in a couple of weeks. Wow. Well, we'll keep our eye on it. Well, thanks, Tyler. To read more about those stories and everything else we're covering today, make sure to check out the homepage at relevantmagazine.com. And for the latest, follow Relevant on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And finally, subscribe to our print magazine and all of our other podcasts. We do a lot of stuff. You should engage it. We're here every weekday bringing you the latest at the intersection of faith and culture. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Relevant Daily. Thank you.